All right, we are back in full effect. Detroit is different podcast studios. Uh, Kari Frazier here um, with one of my closest of homies, Hi. somebody I look up to. Um, she's talking a little bit briefly. C'est moi. Uh, and God knows what language she's speaking right now. <laughs> um, she is the first person that I'm allowing to christen the studio with the chronic, the marijuana, the cannabis as a survivor. And that's why it's allowed. You, you, she has a car because she's a cancer survivor, a mom, an entrepreneur, a uh, hell of a creative, uh, one of my favorite visual artists, and um, just all around good people. Um, great conversation and somebody that always keeps it real. Karima, how you feeling tonight? I feel great. Thanks for having me. I feel good, Curry. Thank you. All right. So, with that. Thanks for letting me um, talk. Thanks for letting me spark one. Thank you. And I do not indulge, even though people think, because I I like hip-hop and I'm connected to the hip-hop culture. I think, you know, down with drugs, up with hooks. (laughs) Where's Willie Nelson when you when you need him? Willie Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> Down with dope. Up with hope. Hilarious. So, um, let's talk a little bit about um first let's talk about that. Um your cancer survivor. What are we survivor. talking about? What are we talking about? Cancer survivor. Marijuana, people say it helps with um a lot of a lot of the pain. Is it true? Is it not true? Uh, I think everybody has their, um, you know, their own healing process. You know, marijuana certainly helped me. You know, it certainly helped with uh, some of the side effects, the nausea and the discomfort that comes along with some of the treatments. Certainly helped me. Okay, let's talk a little bit about that a little bit. Cancer. What what the hell is that? Well, how, do we have to? Are we talking about that right now? I didn't know we were coming. To, I I didn't know that. <laughs> no, we talking about everything. Everything is on. I the think board. that um, what's interesting is uh, from my own experience is how many people came forward to tell me about their own experience, and I think. Uh, how common uh, a diagnosis has become is 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 rather sobering that the fact that i've been eating organic and vegetarian since 19 1990 something and still um you know received a a cancer diagnosis um you know indicates just you know there's just such a a and that's just that, but so many people came forward to say, my aunt also, you know, my sister also, I also, there were so many people that, that reached out to me, um, you know, themselves or be on behalf of loved ones that were facing some sort of cancer diagnosis. It was sobering. It almost seems, I don't want to say normal, but... You know, it's certainly more common than than I than I thought. Yeah. And um, it's heavy in my mind as I just lost my aunt like recently, like hmm. days ago, hmm. to a rare form of cancer. Um, and it's it's becoming, as you say, like very commonplace. Um, and it's. It's so tough because it's outside of our control. And you somebody that has, uh, you're somebody that's had international travels, um, touched a lot of different things. And um, I think, you know, there's a framework around cancer, especially with like a fight against cancer. And uh, certainly there are, are, there is a part of life that is a fight. Um, there's also a making a peace with, you know, a reconciling and, you know, the healing process for each one of us, you know, is, indiv- is, is specific to our own needs. 
So um, in saying that, um, you know, a lot of people have their own opinions on chemotherapy or on alternative healings or natural healings or, you know, healing is, is uh, a very private um, endeavor. It's, it's something you take on with, with yourself. And, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's one wrinkle is, like, one of the things that I look to, to you, that's so, I, I was having a conversation is I know so much of your family. I was having a conversation with your daughter of, like, your mom is, you're like Forrest Gump or something. Like, your life story is very dynamic um, I don't even so know for, can you imagine I don't even know Forrest Gump I don't know this movie I don't know it and that's that's part of why your story is so dynamic because every other American has seen <laughs> the movie Forrest Gump damn near and Karima is someone that has not sat down for the two hours it takes to watch Tom Hanks best role um, like everybody else in America um let let's let's take a couple of snapshots. Start first off, uh classic Detroit is different. What led your family to Detroit? What led you to Detroit? Uh well, um we were living in Benton Harbor and we were publishing the the Michigan Citizen and I think my father saw an opportunity in Detroit for uh a publication that serviced um, and, and, you know, provided news for the African-American community. I think he saw an opportunity to sell ads and build a business network. And, you know, he always said Detroit is good to us. And um, um, at that time, you know, the family was really because of um, the newspaper business you know, traveling quite a bit around the state. Uh, I know that my grandmother had a home in Muskegon. Um, the the newspaper was printed out of Pawpaw for some time. And we lived on the west side of the state and Detroit represented a, a good business opportunity to my family. My father was interested in, in, in that, in, in expanding distribution for the Michigan citizen. Okay, let's talk about your father. Who's your father? Charles Douglas Kelly, my dad. He was a publisher of the Michigan Citizen. Okay, uh, what was uh, what was your relationship with your father like? My father was a good friend to me. My father's friendship um, and support meant a great deal to me. Um, my dad was uh, was wise and. Um, he had a great sense of humor mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and spent time, you know, really tending to a friendship with me. So, um, you know, I consider we were, we were close, you know, we had a good friendship. Okay. And mom, uh, what role did your mom play? I'm asking these questions as if I don't know, but for the audience, they don't know. What role did your mom play in this whole venture, concept, move, everything? My mother um, was the editor of the Michigan Citizen. Uh, it's interesting, I was painting the other day and I was trying to find a straight line and I really think my mother helped me to, um, to craft. She has a great... Uh, great craftsmanship, um, a great work ethic, and she really, you know, I remember uh, coming in and watching her mock up the newspaper uh, when it was literally cut and paste, when there was wax and she would, you know, cut um, letters and body, you know, type and uh, lay out the newspaper, so. Mm -hmm. Okay, so growing up in the newspaper business, being that you were connected to so much information and what comes in, what comes out. Yeah, my dad was very much like, you know, information is power. Information is power. 
How much do you uh, accept that? Do you believe that? Is that still an ethic in your life? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, uh, reading. I'm guessing you were probably, like, tackling book after book after book after book. I do enjoy reading. Um, I like a lot of prose. I like fiction. I like poetry. Um, I like classics. I like a lot of literature. I'm not such a fan of newspapers and news. Uh, of course, I'm super good at, like, sussing out a good news source, you know, but I'm not really... Um, I don't, I'm not an avid news reader. So, Benton Harbor to Detroit. Around what time was this? This is in the 80s, the mid-80s. What, what was that cultural transition like? Um, well, we moved from Benton Harbor and we went straight into public school in Detroit. My sister and I were enrolled in Bates, which is an experience unique in and of itself to have gone to Bates at that time. Um, we were like part of the initial first classes, the first years of Bates Academy, and that was a phenomenal experience in Detroit. Hmm. Um, okay, what, 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 what stands out from those memories is Bates is accepted as like one of those um, you know institutions of, of well, we higher were, learning. We were learning um, in an environment of, of like black excellence black academic excellence um, mm. it was a very competitive atmosphere and simultaneously um, like the standard was high it was super driven there was like a collective um, push for for excellence, and um, and I remember at that time there was like this just citywide competitiveness of like what well, who was the best school, you know. This was a time that like Chrysler or, or even on a high school level like Renaissance and Cass and King were competitive. Who was B number one next year? Who would be number two? You know who. There was like a com you know a com a competition of who could be the best, you know, and um, this is something that has uh, been dismantled in Detroit hmm. to a certain to a certain degree. The attack on public education, you know, Detroit has been on the front lines of that. Okay, I feel like you know I really caught the last the the last moment of that. Um, you know, there was a certain uh, movement for uh, independence and uh, within public schools and like what it meant to be a part of like the local uh, shaping of public schools, like as a, as a parent for your, for your child. Like, uh, you know, to be in Detroit at that time, there was just such a general atmosphere of um, a, like a collective striving for excellence and um, Hmm. I don't know to what extent that still exists. Yeah. So with that being said, just your life, um, you, as I'm, it, it's so weird just sitting, Detroit is different interviewing you because <laughs> it's almost like I got to act like I don't know, but you're a visual artist and you're a hell of a visual artist. Thank you, Curry. That's so, nice. um, actually really cool of a visual artist so being a visual artist like what sparked your interest in that and and how did you go in that light and pursue that from that age of like being in institutions of like strong academia and and learning and like how did you go in this field that you know most people see as um you would say uh, left brain, like uh, they see as, um, you know, ex ex eccentric and, 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 and more creative as opposed like a, to like, like not creative. fundamental in such a blue collar city. 
You know, it's interesting, and I think a lot about the work of, you know, what it means to serve, to make food. It's, it's, uh, it's very interesting. Um, well, I, as an, you know, it's, I, I've always drawn. I just always remember drawing. I just, I, I, I like drawing. You know, I'm really concerned with. You mean like even from like like young young kid? Yes. Mhm. You know, from from being very young. Were you good when you were like five, six, seven? Were you? Do you look back at that stuff like, damn? I was well, good. I remember. You know, first of all, I remember crazy things like um, creating shoes for myself. Um, I remember. Like one day, I just sat down to trying to make shoes for myself and not finding like um, something malleable enough. And so I just went around the house trying to find something that I could fashion into shoes for myself. And I finally settled on this paper towel. And I, f I found some tape. And I, and I remember making shoes for myself out of um, paper towel and tape. And so just always sort of like crafting something to to create like to having an object I wanted to see and man and like sort of mold and shape manifest and working there until it's it's complete okay now you know I'm not about to let paper towel shoot how long did they oh, last I got in for trouble for that too I, huh? felt, I, I got in trouble for that too. I'm, I'm guessing because you took a whole goddamn row Oh, but it, they were bad. I was like, and I remember be, I remember doing like you one or two. You had paper towel red bottoms. <laughs> I remember doing like one or two, and then I, I, I mastered it, and I was like, Shh, yes, and I made this the, the, the left foot. Like, I felt like I stayed there with the right, doing it again and again so I could make like a, a uh, viable pattern. I was crazy, and I would wake up in the middle of the night, I would have some shit that like would strike me to draw. And, and I, I'd have to like wake up and, and like find my crayons and draw this shit and 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 be excited about like well, I'm gonna draw it in the night. I'm gonna use the crayons I think you know are are the colors I like, and then in the morning see what they look like in the light, like just crazy shit like that. And 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 also being always told, oh you can draw, oh that's pretty, that's a da da da. And people recognizing things in my drawings from very early on. Now, as you've entered the 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 artistic space, and so much of that is based on validation. I've talked to a couple of different visual artists, so like oh, these systems it? are based on validation. Like the deeper you got into that, because you continue to pursue that. How did that make you feel? Like how did you interpret that? Well, um, well, one thing I have to say about my experience um, having been to art school, one thing that always stood out to me from like from my experience would be fellow fellow participants, uh, other students who whose parents, you know, would insist that they go to college, you know pay for a full tuition for their child to go to college and because they're this kid was so you know like well then I'll go to art school you know sort of flippant about you know what it meant to go to college it always just struck me that you know I, I was working double time and triple time quadruple time to just try and um, Excel, you know, excel, show up on the radar, excel, and and keep up, and um, it, it always struck me that you know someone could be in the same arena just because of uh, of money that they could buy their way in. So um, that has to be said because there's so much privilege. Um, it's such an exclusive arena to to a large extent. You know, you know. Mm -hmm. So let's um let's let's unpack that a little bit. Art school. <laughs> Where did you go to art school? What was that like? Um, 
you know, your your life's journey, like I say. Uh, the movie Forrest Gump, because you have not sat and watched it like most Americans, is based, it's like a fictitious story of this guy that uh, is born in Alabama, ends up on the Alabama foot, and he's a little bit slow. You know, I don't, I don't think uh -oh. they, so this slow guy ends up on the Alabama football team and ends up. Uh, playing ping pong in the American Olympics and Am I the slow fighting guy? as a soldier. <laughs> Am I the slow guy right here? <laughs> no, it's 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 the prim it's Hollywood, damn it, uh, Karima. It's it's not that Forrest Gump is slow, but it's the premise of like the concept of like this slow guy can go through all these different experiences and create all these systems and all these great um things Let, let's follow some of your life story like um your life story from new york to brazil to let's skip over new york let's talk about brazil let's skip over new we can't skip over new <laughs> no, york you were in school in new york <laughs> let's talk about school in new york what was okay. that like um, going to Parsons was, was intense. Going to Parsons was fun. I went to, to the new school for social research. That that was an experience. You realize Parsons, going to Parsons is like, you, it puts you in a stratosphere of visual artists that are and, like. And not just that, I did the, the combined, uh, combined degree um, program and I went to Eugene Lang as well as Parsons so I was under the umbrella of the new school and I you know Sekou Santiago was a, a prof, you know a teacher of mine so I had some serious experiences in New York for sure so let's talk a little bit about that as I'm probably really uh, wouldn't you, you rather talk about Brazil with, okay how I would rather talk about people? Brazil how I'd rather talk about Bahia. Stop. Okay, look. Salvador. It's you know you realize the the what Imoho de São Paulo e a praia e toda coisa bastante. Move closer to the microphone and let's talk a little bit about that Parsons experience. Okay. As you are one of uh, in the stratosphere. We're talking of, about Parsons. Yes. Okay. What was that like? Um, Parsons was a, a, pr a great privilege. It was, um, I was very determined coming out of high school to go, that I would go to Parsons. I only applied to Parsons. I was like, that's where I'm going to go to school. And um, somewhere along the way, um, a teacher had told me that I would never make uh, money being an artist. That only, um, that like you know being an artist I would be a starving artist and so I had got it in my head to go to, to school to learn uh, something about fashion maybe I could be a fashion designer and make some money and so I understood that Parsons was the best school and went after going to Parsons and it was accepted and the first year is a, a like a fine arts uh, year that you focus um, on some, you know, f some of your foundational principles of art, and it, it was just an amazing experience, and um, and a great time also to be in New York. You know, this was like uh, the beginning of Triple Five Soul, the beginning of uh, Maurice Malone. Um, you know, Carl Kanai, Nietzsche. This was this was like the beginning of like urban fashion, which a lot of people don't really, you know, talk about anymore. But uh, impacted, you know, fashion as we know it for sure. And to to have been a part of that wave was incredible. So some of the people you went to school with, like. What were they like? Um, how many of them were other black students? Uh, what What was that feel? Uh, I was often uh, the only black woman, you know, in my class. Um, other students of color would be, you know, oftentimes Asian color, you know, Asian students. There weren't really other students of color. 
Um, we were definitely the minority. Hmm. Have you been back to the school since you graduated? I haven't. No. Do you have any urge in you to go back? To visit the new school? Um, I had a great experience at the new school. I had a great experience at the new school. Um, I don't really have any current desire to go back now. I'm, okay. I'm enjoying my, you know, something else right now. Okay. And as far as art, what did you learn from those professors? Did it did it sharpen your 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 I guess your brush, your pen, your your skill set? Like, what did you learn? Um, well, <clears throat> I do remember. You know, there's just a, a lot of passion that was brought to, especially you know, fashion. You know, fashion was something that, you know, has a pace. You know, where you're creating each season. You know, so it requires a certain level of drive, a certain level of commitment to uh, turning a profit, to investing your creative energies. Um, you know, there's just a certain pace to, to the fashion industry um, that, and, and also realistically, like a lot of industries, you know, it's sort of built on a, on a certain hierarchy of labor where labor from certain countries are you know is cheaper you know people get paid less for more work and participating in fashion is somehow to some extent like participating in that that structure you know you 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 make concessions to to be in the market if you if you want to produce clothes you know you're you're talking to you know manufacturers in certain countries where you know, the, the people are being paid much less than than the people in your country would be paid or, or in other countries would be paid. There's just inevitably um, an inequity built into the market. So now that we've packaged New York in somewhat a sense, Brazil, what led you to Brazil? Brazil? Um, Brazil. What led me to Brazil? I was invited to Brazil. Charles invited me to Brazil. Who's Charles? You gotta introduce him. Uh, Charles uh, is my children's father. He's my ex-husband. We met in New York. We were married for uh, over 10 years. And uh, we also opened Le Petit Snake together. And he invited me to Brazil. I went to Brazil on his invitation. Okay. And I fell in love with the Bahia and uh, raised my family there for a long time. What did you fall in love with? I fell in love with um, a whole big long list of things. <laughs> Continue. I'm, we sit here. Um, I, I I liked um, I liked um, I liked that um, people speak to one another in the street in a certain way. There were certain phrases and certain mannerisms I recognized that that made me feel at home. Um, Such as. Um, such as this this way to say view which is like see and it just sounded so familiar to me whenever I hear people say like you know you know know. okay segura bem segurada see segura com a sua I have no idea view I don't speak Portuguese, e, so I have no idea what you just e said. E terminar falando com essa desse frase, viu? Quer dizer, viu? Did you did you speak Portuguese before you went there? I did not. 
I had my little DPS high school and I went down there and not really, you know, doing well with my my high school Spanish. I did good. I did, was doing great. And then tem essa outra onda que que é da Bahia. There's just this whole other sound because it comes out of Bahia. That I just wasn't ready. Pre I wasn't prepared in any way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. So from Brazil, back to Detroit. What led you back to Detroit? Well, um, there was a, a building my mother purchased and she really wanted to, you know, she really wanted um, to see a restaurant there. She thought Charles and I would do well uh, opening something in Detroit. And move, move, closer to the, move closer to the mic. You being sexy Karima right now. I'm not. I'm just, you know, I already hit started with this Patron, so. <laughs> Patron, Karima. Um, we were talking about Brazil to Detroit. Detroit. Yep. So um, there was a building that we, you know, my mother purchased and she really was, um, she wanted to see Charles and I open a, a restaurant in it. And she, you know, uh, went back and forth a great deal with Charles and, um, you know, things just started to pick up a momentum. Okay. Restaurant is Le Petit Zinc. And right now you've reopened. Yes. In Midtown. That was in Cork yes. Town. Now 70 you're in Alexandrine. Okay. What's that feel like? It feels amazing. It's a beautiful space. Things really came together magically. It feels good in there. Um, the team, um, you know, everyone feels good. It just, it's, it's just kind of. Um, Magical the way things, you know, the timing and everything worked out. Okay, being a black woman doing business in Detroit, what's that feel like <laughs> in 2018? And you're a part of the stratosphere now of the Midtown Downtown Connection. Well, there is this um, swell, you know, of support from from my people, from just you know my my immediate. Uh, the friends and family, you know, there's um, there's a lot of support from um, from my people, so that's always nice. And um, there's also a certain, um, you know, our food. You know, I, I really I, I owe everything to my team because they work really hard and they produce, you know, a product that, you know, stands for itself. So, you know, we try to keep things very simple and stay super humble in what we do and not make it too complicated. Um, but, you know, even still, it's hard work. It's a lot of work. And um, I watch my team you know, really, um, you know, put forth an effort to, 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 you know, you know, they just work and, and give of themselves. And, and, and I appreciate it. And I think it speaks for themselves. And, you know, word of mouth has always been um, our greatest force in business. What what are you guys doing? Like, what's the what's the call to action? We are selling all the crepes. <laughs> all the crepes are for sale as seventy Alexandrine <laughs> okay. crepe salads, sandwiches, loops. Okay, and um, it's basic business there. You know, you can't uh, fool people with uh, when it comes to, I think, uh, music and food. I think people know good music, people know good food, and... Okay. So from that, that switch from Corktown over to Midtown, do you feel like a difference in culture? Definitely different. Definitely, definitely there's a culture of people being on the clock, and um, they're, they're, that is fraught with its own... Um, 
that's uh, that that's that's got <laughs> there's a lot going on with that you know there's a certain culture going on um wherein uh the human element is being devalued where there's uh, a material charting and measuring that doesn't always add up or reflect or does you know you can see an individual excelling and you and you want to know you know you know could you please um give us a report of what it is you're doing so that we can share it with the rest of the team and duplicate you know um this output you know you're having this connection with your team you're able to to produce these results and we want to duplicate them you know there and 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 there's a culture that seeks to duplicate you know the human input and and therein sort of like you know doesn't really doesn't always uh value mm-hmm. the sheer humanity of of it you know the fact that um um there are some things that can't be duplicated with that i guess i'm i'm flipping it as like um within the meaning, I don't know what you want to explore. Because, like, when I called you, you were like, yeah, I'm definitely down. So what do you want to explore with this? I've thrown some questions at you. You've been in classic Karima. (laughs) Even more classic, with with a little bit of Patron and some trees, as we would say. What's, uh, what, what do you want to explore? What's been on your mind? What's, what's at the heart of where you're at right now just in life in general as a mom as an entrepreneur um a daughter a a a human being that's beautiful that's i i think you know and reflect i really um i'm struggling to find love in every moment seriously you know explain that expound um you know if i if, you know i i'm with my daughter my eldest um or my or my youngest daughter you know i i my motivation is you know am i being my highest self you know am i expressing kindness compassion and understanding mm-hmm. because you know our time is you know moments are so fleeting and um what's really left is what we give what we share with one another so i really want to come to from a place of love with everyone and um and that that's it okay yeah what else is happening (laughs) and i'm going back to paris and i can't wait for that Okay, what's what's in Paris? Um, I've just been um, living in Paris and and spending time in Paris. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. What's the difference between Paris and Detroit? What does Paris bring to the table that Detroit doesn't have to offer? Um. I'm enjoying uh, public transportation. Okay, that's definitely a uh, big thing that Detroit doesn't have. Uh, yep, I'm enjoying the the buses. Oh, let me say this: Detroit does have D dot. It does have a freight, but it's um, that's the only form of public transportation. Paris does bring Detroit sounds like they are definitely playing Motown hits. It's definitely. But are they playing Peasy? Because I've been listening to the East Side mixtape for two days now. Peasy and Filthy Reach, Rich, Reach, Filthy Rich <laughs> and Peasy has been in rotation 
Are they playing Playboy? Uh, are they playing uh, Payroll Giovanni? That's the question. You don't know. Um, you know what? I don't know. That <laughs> they be playing a lot of shit. I'm like, how do f- y'all? They're up on. Okay, all right. They. This is up. I will come in someplace and they're playing like. I remember I was staying in this hotel and I was just doing. I was like planning to do some work in their little cafe lobby, their lobby, you know, where they have little Wi-Fi mm-hmm. and they serve you espresso with coffee and shit. I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna go in there on my laptop, get some work done. I go in there, I try to, I'm getting ready to, <laughs> to get some work done, and they're playing Aaliyah's complete album, mm. and then finish it up with like Anita Baker. Hmm. To the extent where I'm like, are they doing this on purpose? Is this like a hmm. a Detroit playlist that I don't know about? Or um, and I'm finding that to be pretty consistent hmm. with the black culture. Yep, it's just saying we need you in the D, Miss Karima. That's what it's. Saying. I'm here. Look, it's me right here, right now. You are in Detroit is different studios, Hi. which is definitely in the heart of the hood. Same one. So, um, so amongst I've I've given you the ball. What else okay. is happening? Like what? What, happening? what do you think? Um, right now, as being in business for so many years, uh, as an entrepreneur, uh, different it, different. Iterations of it, um, in growing yawn? a relationship. Did, wait a minute, did you just yawn? I'm always yawning. Oh my god! So in different iterations of it. Of what? What are we talking about again? You yawn. It threw me in, off. I can't in believe business. Was, okay, in business. In business. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. As an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Different iterations of it. What? What are some of the things that keep you going? Because it's a lot of people that are looking to be right in your business. Like most people, when they think about opening a business uh, from from business school, restaurant and bar is big. Like what keeps you going? What keeps you committed? What what should people know? What's what's some advice you can share? Um, being in business. um is some very basic principles. Um, some things I can share. I I enjoy really the collective. I, I really I like making money with my team. I like watching them take home, you know, their earnings, their wages. I enjoy that experience. I like um, meeting the the needs of the customer. I, I like that. I like that shit. I like sharing that shit. I like that being like a collective thing. I, I love that. Everybody so making money, people making top dollar. I love that shit. I like watching like people. So, so when you talk about meeting the needs of the customer, how do you go about that? <laughs> there's, I mean, there's a lot at play. <laughs> Mm-hmm. With that in the service industry, you know, it's, um, that's a, that's a, that's a lot in that question, H- how to meet the needs of the customer. Um, you know, and there are always boundaries that help, you know, navigate that, you know, f- mm. mm-hmm. There's always like boundaries to help navigate what what it is we offer, what can be expected, and what it is we can deliver, you know, because all the crepes are for sale. And and as you talk <laughs> about that, all the crepes being for sale, because there's so many people wanting to get into the restaurant industry, and more so than any industry, I think margins matter a lot with restaurants, because it's hard to sometimes say. You know, maybe I buy this cheese, it'll taste better. But now you're only making like 15 cents profit on whatever this, you know, item is versus using the cheaper cheese 
or you may make 75 cents profit like how do you make these decisions as a restaurant owner like what is it that keeps you driving on the resolve to stay in that mix um there are certain there are certain things that go in, in into it for me right mm -hmm. like i was taught to make it easy for myself so that um if it came to like a supply um um an ingredient to make it easy for me to be able to replace you know so that you know you know business can can flow can keep going um um and i think it's just experience as well i think there's a way like you know having been in it so long and seen you know you know working in restaurants in brooklyn and then working here as well um there's a you know there's a certain culture that goes along with you know the restaurant industry and um um some of the things i like about service is some of the things that i've learned along the way is when a customer comes in they sit at your table you know there's immediately a need established they need they're hungry they're coming in to your establishment because there's something they need from you so um you respond to that with um you know with a position of always like um of abundance we offer you more would you like more would you like something in the meantime can we hold you over with this can we offer you that um and i think that it's an uh an understanding of that exchange um and we don't always you know you know people aren't always perfect you know we're not fast food and the petite thing certainly makes its mistakes and you know people are at work in the kitchen you know no one is a robot and we're not machines and um i think that's another side of the service industry um certainly okay and growing your team as a small business how do you go about that discernment of picking the people to join what you're building? Because I'm still exploring that myself and what I'm doing. Well, I'm always open to giving people a chance. I'm not necessarily someone who needs to see a boatload of experience. I think that um, a commitment, a willingness to learn and you know, um, communicate and be open you know, to the team is imperative you know to, to work to what it means to work you know responsibility you know do, does does the problem get passed off to your coworker? are you able to problem solve are you able to communicate a pro you know what is the problem are you able to share with your team there is a problem a lot of times a problem will come up and people want to ignore it you know they want to look the other way you know and and that doesn't work okay so with that uh, it kind of moves us into the classic detroit is different questions <laughs> that i want to throw at you i'm gonna throw two at you come on and you kind of already know because you were at the tail end of michelle's interview your first car, year, make, model. I believe it was a Ford Taurus. Mm. It was a Ford Taurus, but I think that was like my dad's car, my mom's car, and they got a new car, and so, so it was a hand-me-down ride. We got to you know drive that, and I and I think that ride was totaled, and when that was totaled, and it wasn't our fault, and it was such a like fucked up accident. Wait, shit. time out. Where did you go when you first got that Ford Taurus? We were, we were only allowed to go to like school and home and if we could go to a party we'd be like on curfew we'd have to come home 
you know, at curfew one time or lose access to the car, have to hit the motherfucking out of the bus to, to school and shit. Okay. Getting a transfer. That's real parenting. For all you oh. real parents out there, that's real parenting. Like, I will turn around and be like, you want my attention? And get all up in my kid's face. Sometimes you got to crack down on these kids. Sometimes they're they're calling out for your attention. Mm-hmm. It's not the time to be like, you know what? I ain't talking to you or get out of my house. Uh, it's not the time to shut down communication. It's the time to be all up in there. Oh, you want my attention? You have all my attention now. I'm all up in your face. Okay. I'm going to drop you off. How about you give me your phone? You don't know. You don't need it. I'm, I'm right up on top of you. You won't. <laughs> mm-hmm. It comes time to turn around and be all up on top of your kid. Yeah, take it, taking a cell phone from a kid today, I assume, is almost like taking their legs away or something. It's wonderful. They get a new perspective on life. A new perspective. <laughs> <laughs> it's like cruelty. They see themselves through, you know. It's great. All right, so... Next question. It's like, uh, it's like unplugging the Wi-Fi on there. So next question. You're the DJ. Woodward Jefferson. Woodward and Jefferson. After the fireworks, you get to play three songs. What three songs do you play? It's, like, it's got to be something by... It's just got to be something with Outkast. What song? Do I really got to get into that? Yes, you do. Can I can I can I look at my phone and get on? Yeah, you it? can. You can. It's it would definitely be something some Bob Marley too, some bullshit. Probably yeah, for sure. Okay. And, and after you tell me your song, I'll tell you what I play from both those artists. And then probably dance all night. <laughs> <laughs> Karima, Karima, Karima. Okay. How about that? <laughs> Do that count? Hold me get all my phones on the fucking floor. <laughs> Classic Karima. Can I unplug this? Unplug what? Sorry. I don't know. You probably can. Oh my God, there's so many songs. What was the question again? Oh, on Jeff- I'm on Jefferson. Okay, come on. What were in Jefferson after the fireworks? After the fireworks. I wish I could play some, some Brazilian music. I just don't know. You, know, you play whatever you want to play. You're the DJ. I don't know if it would, you know what I'm saying? It's two types know. of DJs. It's the DJ that plays what they think. The crowd wants, and the DJ plays what they want to play. You can be the DJ that play what you want to play. I like that connection. I like the DJ that's looking to connect. I I appreciate that. Maybe maybe something by... um, Definitely some outcast. Let me just... Oh, Lord, let me put it together. And then it frees up. It's, It's like a flood. It's so many... Play what? Play something. What are you doing, DJ Karima? Sure. What you playing? Not that I really give a fuck, but I'm just wondering. <laughs> What about Planet Rock? Okay. Okay. I'm with it. Let's go to that. 
Planet Rock. Planet Rock. I almost feel like, you know, it's got to be some Anita Baker in there only because. Okay. Only because, you know what I'm saying? There's three I got. Mm-hmm. Oh, golly. Should it be some shit? Should it be like P-Funk? It can be whatever. It might should be make my funk the P-Funk. It might should be. Okay. All right. That's two. Because, you know, I want to get funked up. And Gucci Mane. Maybe it should be some. I don't even. Let me think. The third one. That's that's complicated. Because I could knock it. And I'm stoned. I don't even remember the first two I said. See? You said Planet Rock. Planet Rock. That was. It's a sure shot. Make that was a good fun, one. Make my funk. Funk to P Funk. That was good too. Yeah, that's dope. That's good. And song three. And song three. I'm not ready. I don't know. Oh Lord, I don't know. DJ Karima, crowd will throw tomatoes at you. Can I get a DJ in to do? No. <laughs> can I? Can I pick a DJ as a? Um... No. That's fucked up. Should I pick like something from Whitney Houston or Janet Jackson? Whatever. Or Luther Vandross or Phyllis Simon? Whatever you want. Oh, Lord. Or D'Angelo? Whatever you want. Big Luther, Skinny Luther, Big D- D'Angelo. Do we already do something from, from Bob? Did we do something from Bob Marley? No. Okay, because we could do anything from Bob. Like, seriously, anything. Pick, pick a song. Oh, Lord have mercy. Hmm. It could be a redemption song, but then again, it could okay. it could also be burning and looting. It okay, could well, also we go redemption song. Wait, that's what came to mind it first. could be Africa Unite, but it could also be Zimbabwe. It could also be It would be redemption song, because that's what you said A. A selection A. I would pick Dim Belly Fool, but that's me. <laughs> that is Kari. And if I picked an Outcast song like you originally Oh, said, yeah, I forgot about Outcast. I would See, pick So Fresh and So Clean. It was a flood. And it was I like so many a songs. Parliament song. I was like, could we squeeze in EPMD? And then I was like, not without squeezing in Rakim. But then you couldn't it even bring be. in Rakim without Tupac, but Tupac can't even come in. Without Nas and and Nas can't come in because you're not even trying to feature. Stop, stop. That's what my brain you, yeah, was. You're overthinking. That's what it sounded like in my head when you asked that question. P funk, not just me <laughs> deep. I can tell you, you can give and me I was an like, artist. Ooh, we and could I'm do Wu Tang to play. But then what about Shaka Demas? And then. Sh- sh- you know, it just became a whole bunch of stuff going on in my head. Oh my gosh, Karima! Biggie Smalls was in there. If Biggie is hypnotized, and then Faith, of course, was up in there, and then Faith Mary was not up, in there. up in there, and then Missy was in there. They Missy all came running in. in <laughs> it was a whole bunch of people running in my head. When you was like, "Who would you play?" I was the like, "Boop." <laughs> the female MC that's in there is Boss because she's from Detroit. You bump that deep. Lost the salt. You bump you know, deeper. I will always be smiley, but not so friendly. You know, you could play that. Just all type of shit. Just. I guess you could play uh, MC Light, Cha 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 as well. But you did not pick. Light is a rock. Okay. See, I go Cha 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 over that. Oh, really? Know? Oh, most definitely, because of the beat. So. With that, how do people get in contact with you, Kareem? Um, they can't. I'm antisocial, and yes, they can I because they need to barely come. So where do they need to go? That's basically all you got. Peek to go. out from underneath my covers. Where do they need to go? Okay. That's how they get in contact with you. They need to go get a crepe at Liberty Zinc at seventy. 
West Alexandrian in Midtown, Detroit. That's it. They can follow us on Facebook mm-hmm. and on Twitter and on Instagram, Le Petit Zinc. Zinc, like as in the metal, Zinc, Z-I-N-C. People didn't follow their, uh, what is that? They didn't follow, what is that? The, uh, the elements chart. What is that? The, uh, <laughs> I forget what that's called. My mind is just uh, mashed potatoes right now. Um, it's weird. I got a B in chemistry. Is a it B, Yellow Man? A B minus. Is uh, it Yellow Man who sings the table um, of, uh, Zang? The table of elements is <laughs> the... <laughs> Lord knows. Chemistry was one of them. Cla- I don't know how I got to end it up with a B minus in chemistry because I was like... I was killing them. Mr. Ishakis at Renaissance right. High School. I was killing them in chemistry. Straight A students. Mm. Okay, I love that shit. It was, it was too many girls in my chemistry class. I fucking like, love mm-hmm. chemistry. I was a boss in that shit. I loved to, it. To this day, my my my, the crush that got away, and I even see her to this day. She was in my chemistry class. I, I couldn't focus. What's her name? Give her a shout out right now. Give her a shout out. She she engaged to be married. I don't want to. Uh, yeah. No. Okay. Fuck that. Yeah. Dude, just keep that on the low. Yeah. Exactly. So, but she know who she is. Let me let me let me brag a little bit more on my on my fucking chemistry grade. I was did I mention I was a boss? I was a fucking boss. It's good to know that somebody actually was paying attention. I wish I up. wish somebody else was paying attention and got me a fucking like science scholarship somewhere. I was fucking You were an artiste. I was loving that shit. I loved chemistry. The shit was so fun. Conversions and shit. Oh my god. Oh no, that was nothing. Ugh. I was Love trying it. to I was staring at her, trying to be her partner anytime you could partner up. Loved it. Mm-hmm. I did too. Didn't learn nothing. You know. That that yeah, all the classes where it wasn't a I girl was a nerd. I was, I was a nerd. I thought I was like a, a Whitley Gilbert or some shit like that. I didn't know she was smart. I thought uh I thought Jaleesa was smart on a different world. No, but she was. Jaleesa was the smart girl on a different world. You know what I'm saying? The 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 doctor that worked in the uh, in the diner with uh, Mr. Gaines. I, I, I have hard, I don't know. I have a hard time watching that stuff. I'm not, I'm I'm, uh, I'm. Your black pop culture references. You never know when this stuff will come in handy. You may end up on an episode of Urban Jeopardy or something. I can't. I don't know about that whole Cosby syndicate. So I'm, uh, I, oh I, yeah, I can't. I don't know. Oh my god! Every time I watch that shit, I'm like, is 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 it entrenched in this? Because you know, shit is holistic. I'm starting to really reflect on like how holistic it all is. You know, we were talking about healing. That you know, all of that it's holistic. It, it takes place in an entirety. It's not just little pieces. It's not compartmentalized. Like this and then that and and this is over here but that's over no it's just all in one and so Karima, the only thing about a different world that I'm still there are some to things out in that culture that you know I'm like oh my god it's it's, it's, it's been a, it's, it's here is he a rapist patriarch see. that like needs to be in complete control of women to the extent that he drugs them so they're completely Incapacitated, and he can feel see and all the way in control because you do realize, you know, like and that's you rape when you watch and, and a different world. Me, when know, I watch a different world, I'm trying to sexual figure, assault. It's it's really about a need for power. Ron it's is a simp or not, and this has been a great discussion of me Ron, and my homeboys for years. Ron's a sweetheart. See that that definitely doesn't. Uh, doesn't hold well in the simp debate for him. Ron? Isn't he short? Exactly. Doesn't hold well in the simp debate it's, for it's him. It's different. The short guy thing is different. It's different for the short guys. That's <laughs> it. Short guys can be simps. <laughs> I didn't say that shit. You said I'm just saying it's different for for the short guys. Hilarious. The whole shit is different for them. 
So they can take a basic girl and make her look like top model, supermodel, because she looks super tall next to them. So short guys, they got a different thing. They're dealing with a different element. So as we okay, as we close out this interview, uh, and Karima. Oh no! I'm gonna get in trouble for this. I'm gonna get in trouble for this. I'm gonna say I'm gonna listen back to it, and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be like, oh my god, it sounds so stupid. Kari, what happened? Why would you let me? Karima, as always, one of my homies of all homies. Much heart, always keeping it real. And no, you did not sound stupid, cause like always. <laughs> Even even when, even when you um, even off color, you're on color with theory and analysis. Thank you. Excuse me. Much love. Thanks. I look to have you back in effect. Lay petite zinc. Get there. I'm gonna be there. We're gonna be doing some more podcasting. Need to support this. Uh, Black owned. Woman-owned in the heart of Midtown. Keep this thing going. Get some crepes on. Expand your culture. Um, Don't just eat Coney Island. There are more food options in (laughs) the city of Detroit. (laughs) So silly. You know, get yourself a crepe instead of some chili cheese fries. Thank you, Karima. Thank you. Black revolutionaries, distillery owners, Italian fashion retailers, and Motown Grammy winners all share their best stories never before told in any other media outlets on Detroit is Different. Visit DetroitIsDifferent.com or download the Detroit is Different app on Apple's App Store or Google's Play Store.